Welcome back to another episode of The Scores Table. I'm William Robbins, joined for a very special edition of The Scores Table by Julian McKee. Yeah, what is good, everybody? Man, me and my boy Will, we have not had a live edition of our podcast since... Since like 2017, like 2016, it's been a minute. It's it's probably been about there. You know what I'm saying? I'm fresh off some jerk chicken. I'm feeling splendid today. You know, I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling very warm. Um, shit, I'm I'm just I'm just excited to be with my guy right now. Give you guys some crazy content, and and you know, life life has been good. Life has been good. You know, Will's back from San Diego. You know, yeah. he got some sun. He gained eight pounds. He's about I to did. run that off. He's on the salad <laughs> tip right now. I was like, he's, he's going to be good. I arrived on vacation, and I was doing well. I was eating healthy. I had gone to the gym a few times in a row, and I was just like, you know what? I I feel like for the rest of vacation, just screw it. I'm going all out. I'm <laughs> eating what I want. They have delicious food here. So I did. Yeah, I mean, and I don't regret anything. I'm not mad at it. I mean, you. I mean, it's, it's sometimes people need a cheat month. You know, mm-hmm. this this way. You I know, had a cheat month. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know what? For the last three days that I've been back, I have had nothing but chicken and broccoli and salad. Hey, you know, gotta get that. You gotta get and those so, abs in check. You know. Yeah. Well, they're they're not there right now. But we're, we're working on my it. My shit is looking like a brick <laughs> pathway at the moment. <laughs> Know the vibes. Julian showing up in the, uh, in, the, in, the in the Nike Cortez shoes. We love Woo! to see it. Cortez clean like Ocasio. You know Oof. the vibes. You know the nice. vibes. <laughs> All right, so we got a good episode of the Scores Table, including a very special edition of Will apologizes to John ja Morant. Oh, interesting, interesting. So before the season, I very famously said. I wasn't sold on John Morant just because I didn't love his shot. I was worried about his form. I was worried about kind of... He he held the ball too much with his left hand when he shot. And I worried that it was kind of going to affect him when he got into the league just because of how much bigger defenders are. I didn't take into account a few things. Number one, his shot can change. Mm -hmm. His form looks better since he got into the league. The Grizzlies staff is must, must or has to be working with him on it. He's got he's got uh, a lot of or he's got a lot of different hand positioning with his left hand. I'm impressed. It looks different and looks more confident. But that being said, the big thing that I did not take into account when evaluating John Morant is what if he's just so fast that it almost doesn't matter how he shoots. Man, watching the, today on the train, you know, uh, I I was I was doing some condensed game work because I couldn't really do work at work today. <laughs> but uh, but I was watching the condensed game of Ja versus the Rockets, and here's the thing: I wasn't, I didn't like, I I was someone going into the draft who I liked Ja, but I didn't love Ja. I was at I was at that point it was kind of like jason tatum like i liked tatum but i didn't love tatum i wasn't all in on jaw or tatum okay but um but off of that i mean i could have not i i couldn't have been more impressed with what i saw from jaw in, in such a big time game against someone like harden and a team that you know, you know with pj tucker and whatnot like they're gonna they're at least gonna do some things to you defensively and jaw just kept taking the ball to the rack he just kept doing it and his three still looks a little weird. Like he's still really, 
he's like he's pushing the ball out mm-hmm. in front of him yes. when he's shooting. He and is. I don't I, I still don't know really how you get that off when it's contested. But here's the thing. Ja has been so quick with his dribbling and his footwork that it hasn't really mattered so far. Yeah, I when I when I was looking at Ja, I just I really and this is this is my this is my own fault. I don't watch enough college basketball. He certainly he, he came from Murray State. Julian, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't watch a whole lot of Murray State. I don't know where Murray State is. It's in Murray. <laughs> the state of Murray. <laughs> Duh, it's in the name. Is it like I don't know, Virginia or like North I have Carolina no idea. or some shit like that? I don't even know. I have know, no bro. idea. But this yeah, so I didn't really watch a whole lot of him in college. I just saw I just pretty much saw him in March Madness and he was fantastic. Yeah. But I don't know. I worried about his shot too much. It's my own fault. That being said, let's talk about this Memphis team because this, they are fun. This Memphis team is really, really, really fun. And when you have a bunch of young guys and you put them together, it's a complete mixed bag on what happens. I mean, you're gonna. It, it, it all depends on the veterans that you bring into the locker room and how the team is structured. You can't just throw a bunch of shit at the wall and hope it sticks. Yep. And I think that's actually the. Looking at it's it's interesting to compare this Memphis team to Atlanta right now. Yes. Because personally, I would record aside, I would rather ha- be in Memphis's situation, and that's for multiple reasons. I mean, Memphis has they've, they've got some weird guys on their team. Like they've got Solomon Hill in like the last year of his terrible contract. They've got Valanciunas, who's kind of just kind of like DeMar DeRozan was just kind of exiled from the Raptors. Yeah. Um they've got Kyle Anderson who got overpaid and is kind of just he's kind of, he's kind of just languishing. I I guess it's probably the right word and Jay Crowder. Here's the thing about their roster. Jay Crowder's only 29? That makes that makes sense. He's only 29? I thought he was like 31, 32. No. No. Now here's the thing about their roster. They have a lot of adults. Mm, true, true. And sometimes we make the mistake of just forgetting like what how much that matters yeah they have guys that they don't, they don't have anyone on their roster who's going to have a questionable attitude they don't have anyone on their roster who's going to except for apparently Andre Iguodala <laughs> who won't <laughs> even show up I'm not mad at Iguodala he like, wants do, to play do, for do, a do playoff team yeah. they're a playoff team right now that's that's actually correct. That's that's actually true. That's actually true. Shit. And also, if he plays and does well, that's gonna help him get traded faster. Yeah, but when you've got someone like him with his creaky body, I get it. Was, I get it. is like a walking injury at this. point. I get it. But he didn't finish last season very well. And if yeah. you're and if you're a team like if you're a team like the Clippers, are you really gonna look at that him and be like? Are, are we positive that he's an upgrade over Mo Harkless? I think that's the that's the best point yet that you've brought up with Iguodala because I I think Memphis is kind of getting to the point where they really have to lower their price and Memphis is I think they've done the the right thing this entire time get Agreed. an asset don't fucking buy him out don't be like James Jones the asset owner and just buy him <laughs> out and let him sign wherever he wants get an get it get an asset in return. That being said, at this point, like, like, what are they getting? Just like a second rounder? Are they getting like, like? I, I think, I think at this point they'd be willing to accept pretty much anything. Yeah. They just don't want to have him go for nothing because he's a desirable piece, mm-hmm. and I support that. I would, I mean, hell, I would, I would ride him all the way out to the uh, to the trade deadline 
if we get to the trade after the trade deadline and he's not and he's still not willing to play, then buy him out. But don't do it before then. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, a few things about this uh, about this Memphis team. Julian, besides the Memphis uh, front office, who was higher on Jaron Jackson than me? You were high. You were high. I, you, should, you should have been. I you, was. You made the right decision. I'll admit, I was too high on Jaron Jackson. I really? said that he reminded me of Anthony Davis. That's kind of. I, I was saying Chris Bosh. Okay. I, I'm in the Chris Bosh because people forget. People actually, I do think people do sleep on how good Chris Bosh was. He, I mean, he was great. But because I think everybody's his last. Everybody's last memory of him was in the Kevin Love role in Miami, He's just shooting yeah. plays in the corner. That's pretty much it. So a few things about um, about Jaron Jackson, who's been balling this since year. the new year. These are some of his games in three point percentage: three of four, three of eight, four of ten, five of seven. 3 of 6, and then 2 of 7 last game. So he's basically been around... or He's been, he's been over 50% from 3 since the new year. Mm-hmm. He's been fantastic. Him and Ja are, are, are really clicking like two real franchise cornerstones. And I saw Kevin O'Connor say this, and it's really not to this level, but he said it reminds him of OKC. Mm, interesting. I disagree with that. These these are very different situations, and neither of these guys are even remotely at the skill level of Kevin Durant, and that is not an insult to them. Kevin Durant is just an all-time guy. Yeah, I think John Morant. Now I've completely changed my tune on John Morant. I think he's there's a chance that he's going to be the best point guard in the league within the next like three years. I I admit I was wrong, and I'm willing to change my take very quickly. I'm not going to be. Uh, who, who, who's the scout that said Lamar Jackson should be a wide receiver? Bill Polian. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? He's the only person that he's didn't... Still, he's still on it. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. He's the only person that didn't vote for him for uh, for all pro or, yeah, something, yeah. or something Bill Polian's like probably that. talking his shit right now, too. Oh, I, I told you guys. I told I you I told guys. you guys you can only go to the second round of the playoffs <laughs> with him in his second year in the league. Man. Like, so Jesus stupid. Christ. Now, another thing I like about this... With how, with how John Moran has come in and Jaron Jackson. This is a good team. One of the things you see, especially with guys that are drafted that high, is they come into just awful teams. Yeah, It's very hard to differentiate between Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks losing. It's tough to know how much of it is he's just not a winning player and how much of it is the roster sucks. Mm-hmm. Just because it's, it's impossible to know right now. Same thing with Devin Booker. We give, Devin, thing. we give Devin Booker a lot of shit, but it's pretty hard to tell. Honestly, his last few, his first few years, that is. That's fair, but they're 16 and 24 this year, and I like their roster a decent amount. Yeah. So I don't have faith in Devin Booker, but this this Grizzlies team, like you said, they have they have just guys that are good role players. They have, I mean, Crowder, Morant, Jaron Jackson, Dylan Brooks, Jonas Valanciunas, Brandon Clark, who's been fantastic this year. And I was someone who I I will. And this is here's the thing. This was a high percentage draft for me. I did really well with my predictions this past draft. Yep. Brandon Clark was one of the few guys I got wrong because looking at Clark, I mean, the guy's like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, like, he's he's an undersized power forward for what he is as far as a rim-running guy who can rebound, mm-hmm. block shots, alley-oops, and so forth. But And, and I, don't, I don't think that Clark is necessarily going to be a starter in the future mm-hmm. on a great team. 
but he's going to be an integral part of a really good team, whether it's him kind of as like a seventh, eighth guy off the bench, but just just a guy who can run the floor, yeah. give you energy, play some defense, get some boards. Like, he's, he's given them a spark this year. And someone who honestly impressed me, I thought, in the game against the Rockets, even though James Harden scored on him, I liked what I saw of D'Anthony, D'Anthony Melton. Yeah, he's been he's been good this year, mm-hmm. and we were on record. We were on record when Phoenix gave him yes. up for nothing. We were on fucking record. So here here's the full trade for D'Anthony Melton. D'Anthony Melton and the number four pick in the draft from two years ago, mm-hmm. who I'll mention is also named Josh Jackson. But when you say number four pick, it sounds like much more of a heist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As well as two second round picks in exchange for Kyle Korver and Javon Carter. Now, Kyle Korver obviously is not on the Suns anymore, and I'm going to call it as it is. I don't really know what Javon Carter's been doing in, in Phoenix. It's, it's anyone's guess. I'm not sure either. Um, and I'm not, I'm not going to pretend to know. But <laughs> the point is, the second they traded for him, I was like, up, oh, there's James Jones giving up an asset again. Yep. And he's been good. He is proving that he's a capable backup point guard. His shot isn't completely there, but it's coming around. He's at least taking them with confidence at Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. And he is showing that he's a capable reserve. He's a good passer. He can rebound. Feisty defender. Good guy. How old is he? He's only 21. 21? Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's a good deal. Yeah. That's a good deal. He's already contributing more than, like, Grayson Allen, and and he's three years younger. All right. Overall on Memphis right here is they're 19 and 22. They're in eighth place in the West. Taylor Jenkins, been very good for them so far. I like the offense they're playing. Ja and Jaron have really been coming together, especially recently. They're playing at a number three pace in the league. They're playing super fast. Defensively, they're not entirely there yet, but really, what can you expect? They're a young team, and overall, I hope they continue to keep building around this core because they're a lot of fun, and it sucks the Celtics have their draft pick. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just for for, for them right now, it's kind of just the, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Don't worry about making the playoffs. Don't worry about not just keep having fun, playing fun basketball, and Mm -hmm. trust that. I I think the biggest mistake they could make this year is putting too much stock into their record and not trading veterans for assets because they're so concerned about this year in particular. This, te- I mean, Jaron Jackson and John Morant could be together for the next. I'll go. I'll say nine years because that's the four year yeah. four year rookie five year max after assuming they both get it or whatever. Right mm-hmm. now, it looks pretty likely they would. Mm-hmm. Nine years. Don't worry about blowing your load in year one. Mm-hmm. Continue to build. <laughs> continue, continue to build the right way. If the Lakers call and offer something for Jay Crowder, don't be like, "Well, Jay Crowder's playing well." Trade Jay Crowder. Who cares? I don't think you have to worry about that, Will. I don't think <laughs> you know what I mean. I anyway, Jason Wex is gonna be. Oh, Jay Crowder's off limits. <laughs> All right. Uh, I made that fucking shot against the Nets in the third game of the year. I still haven't gotten over that. How did he make that shot? Next team that we want to talk about, <laughs> the Oklahoma City Thunder. They've been they've been fun. Yeah. They're they're competitive. They know what they're doing. Chris Paul, been very good. Clutch. He's hitting I mean, I feel like Chris Paul is shooting what, ninety percent from mid range this year? Mm-hmm. I don't actually know what it is, but 
It's not ninety percent. Yeah, he's had a he's 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 had a good year, and you know we were just talking about it before we started recording about uh, SGA. Yes, Shay Gilgis Alexander has been fantastic as of late. He had what twenty points, twenty rebounds, ten assists. Yeah, that's that's been, crazy town. That's crazy town. He's been fantastic, mm-hmm. and I mean, when when the Clippers did that trade. There was there was obviously the question of you mean the Rockets or the Clippers when the Clippers did the Shea Childress trade oh oh that trade for Paul okay. George yeah, yeah, yeah there was the question of are they giving up too much and I yeah for Paul George they gave up way too much now in a do over I still think both teams do this mm-hmm. because again the Clippers weren't getting Kawhi Leonard if not for this trade mm-hmm. but when you read this trade out loud. This is ridiculous. Paul George for Danilo Gallinari, who's good. Mm-hmm. Shea Childress Alexander, who's a future star. Not, a, not a, he's a star right now. Yeah. He's already a star. As well as draft picks in 2022, 2024, 2026, 2021, 2023, both from Miami. One of those Miami is also unprotected. As well as pick swaps in 2023 and 2025. Oh That's a word. I didn't know it was that bad, actually. That is one, two, three, four, five picks and two swaps. Like, good God. They basically own everything the Clippers have until 2026. Now, this trade is going to be great for them because the Clippers are not... Even if, even if Kawhi Leonard and Paul George win the next two championships, by the time we get to 2025, 2026... They're gonna be they're, they're gonna be in their later thirties. I mean, it's, I don't think they're gonna stay that long. Shit. No, I don't think Kawhi's spending the rest of his year at, uh, his career at LA. No, he's gonna probably no, be I agree. bored by like twenty twenty three or something. I agree. And even so, that's six years from now. Kawhi Leonard is what, like twenty nine or something? He'll be thirty five by then. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I don't know if he's actually twenty nine. But the 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 point is, they that was a lot to give up. OKC really did rob them and. If you're an Oklahoma City fan, how can any Oklahoma City fan not like Paul George? I mean, I mean, shit, that's a fact. He got them the highest. Would you rather have all that or Paul George? Obviously, all that. And the and the funny thing about all that is that it puts a a good Thunder team that excuse me that is more than likely going to be in the playoffs in some capacity this year. It puts them in the position where. They can afford, honestly, to lose Gallinari for nothing this offseason. I mean, hypothetically, yeah. Or do a sign-and-trade. Or even Steven Adams or something like that. I mean, uh, obviously, if they get a great package, I'm sure they're not going to turn it down. Because, yeah, we want to be the seventh seed. I think there's too many teams right now that are desperate for Danilo Gallinari. That's that's a fact. There are a lot. Portland, Milwaukee, maybe even Miami. Everyone's mighty desperate. And I wouldn't say desperate, but I'd say they would. They could definitely use someone like him. Yeah. I think Toronto would love someone like him. Toronto almost makes the most sense because they they do have a shot to go for it this year. If mm-hmm. that if that's what they want to do, as far as as far as getting the East, which which still is wide open. Same thing with Miami. You know, we've talked about this before on the pod, and you know, this is and and the great thing about that is. That allows Sam Presti to be able to leverage all this shit against each other. So if he's talking to Neil Olshey in Portland, he can say, Hey, O'Neal, my guy, guess what? Toronto wants him. 
Miami wants to, and guess what? We don't need to fucking give them to you. Because look at all the picks that we got. So give us Afrini Simons, or I'm going to hang up this phone right now. That's what Sam Presti can say. And if you're Portland, you do hang up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So out of anywhere Danilo Gallinari could go, where do you, where do you personally want to see him? Where do, where do I personally want yes. to see him? I want to see him in Miami. Okay. Just because... I am, aside from the fact that I do like the Heat and enjoy watching them play at the same time, I want to see, I, I want to see the Jimmy Butler as the star experiment yeah. be able to, you, I, I want us to be able to experience that in the fullest. Mm-hmm. And I think not only does he, he I, mean, I mean, he fits really well on that team and what they bring. And I think when you're, when you're looking at him on, other teams, someone like Portland, I don't think he makes the most sense because Portland's problem right now, we've talked about this on the pod, defense is, is the, they're a, there's a, yes. they're a fucking shit show on defense. They don't have anybody who can guard Awful. forward. Hassan Whiteside, Hassan empty stat. Hassan, yep. please drive me to the airport in a few months. I Whiteside saw, and, I saw and Carmelo, someone. like, come on. I saw someone on Twitter the other day saying, "How can how can Hassan Whiteside be empty stats if he's getting two two and a half blocks a game?" Oh, and it's just like, oh, you also think Kyle Kuzma's good? <laughs> <laughs> Got it, man, man, wow, you you and uh, you and that person should talk about your guys drafted after Lonzo Ball list. Can I? Okay, hold on. Totally random, <laughs> and this kind of goes back to Phoenix, who we briefly mentioned before. Did you see Stephen A. Smith's trade where he was like, "If I'm the Lakers, I'm trading Kyle Kuzma and maybe a pick for Devin Booker." Oof! Yeah, I saw now, that. I saw that. I saw that. Now, now, before we even get into the ridiculousness of that trade, we should also just address the fact that Devin Booker's making like 28 million, and Kyle Kuzma's making like 1.5. Yeah, Stephen A. kind of forgot about that. I don't like, think Stephen A. knew what he was talking about at all. <laughs> also, how many first-round picks... Now, the Lakers don't have any first-round picks left, obviously, because of oh, AD. Yeah. But hypothetically, if they did, how many first-round picks, if you were the general manager of Phoenix, would the Lakers have to offer you, alongside Kyle Kuzma, money aside, before you said yes? First-rounders? Yeah. We'll go... We'll go Unprotected first rounder. You gotta give me three. That's it. I don't know. That's and that's and that and that seems light. That seems light. You got it. Three, 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 three is light. The Lakers are gonna be good. Those are high first rounder. Or those are those True. are low first yeah, rounders. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right because I would have leverage too. I would have leverage. I'm at. I would my have number, OD leverage. Yeah. My number is nine. Nine, <laughs> because that 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 gets you out of the LeBron era. Who knows where Anthony Davis will be at that point. And Kyle Kuzma isn't good. Trade me a decade of picks for Devin Booker. It's just, it's incredible that he'd even... <laughs> Devin Booker and... May, sorry, Kyle Kuzma and maybe a pick for... De, incredible. Damn. Now, last last thing on the Thunder. Or, sorry, last thing on... Sorry, Gallinari. Where I want to see him is Denver. Interesting. They are a little Devin Denver reunion. Devin Neeson. Michael Porter Jr., who, in my mind right now, is one of the most untouchable guys in the league. Mm-hmm. Has been incredible for them recently the way he moves his step back jump shot is just butter but michael porter jr is not ready i, I don't is, think 
I don't think he's Michael Porter's talents were ever the question. I mean, he was no, not a at possibility all. number one pick. He's just his back is like yeah, it's like made of glass. Yeah. So, but I think the the potential of him, and I, we were on the right side of history with this. We were like great pick for Denver. Mm-hmm. They don't need him to be good right away. They have Paul Millsap. They don't need him right now. Mm-hmm. And Paul Millsap, Paul Millsap is so underrated, even still, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. But Michael Porter Jr. Great, going to be great down the road, I think, but he's not entirely ready yet. And a Gallinari reunion for them, I think, could go a long way. What do you think that Denver would have to part with asset-wise for Gallinari? I think they're the kind of guys that they would be, have to part with are the kind of guys that they already want to trade. Like Beasley? So, yeah, someone like Malik yeah. Beasley, Monte Morris, something like that. They have a lot of those guys in that exact mold. Gary Harris, maybe? I wouldn't give up Gary Harris. I'm not a Gary Harris guy. Neither, I've never been a Gary Harris not, guy, personally. Neither, neither am I, but he's too good for one year of Gallinari. Oh, true. That, 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 you know, I don't know. But, but also, kind of going off what you said, like Denver also just has, like, they have at least interesting guys that yeah. if I'm another team and, and, and I'm looking to build something with someone, even even like Juancho Hernan Gomez and Tory Craig, who I've always liked. They like, have so like, many are, guys that are interesting, at the very least. They have so many guys like that where it's just just like, oh, these guys are all kind of the same exact skill level. Yeah. It's funny. Um, but let's quickly talk about SGA, also known as a guy drafted after Alonzo Ball. <laughs> GDAL. Wait, was he, was he in that draft? Was he yeah, 2017? He no, he was 2018. He was 2018. I apologize to Alonzo Ball. <laughs> I apologize to Lonzo Ball, who, by the way, Julian and I went through the 2017 draft before this, and I counted how many guys I'd rather take than Lonzo Ball. And can you believe that in a 60-player draft, there were 86 players I'd rather have than Lonzo Ball, 30 of which have never even played in the NBA? I'm surprised Will doesn't have, like, a tattoo on his, like, on his, like, forearm, so he can literally just, it's it's just, it's titled, Guys Drafted After Lonzo Ball, and he can just add another name. It's incredible. Every single time that he, that, like, oh, wow, like, Dylan Brooks had a heat check last night, like. (laughs) Now, Lonzo Ball's had a few good games recently, but, and people are like, Lonzo, he's figuring it out! It's his third year in the league. Like, let's wait until he has more than three good games in a row, which, were, by the way, were followed by three not very good games. I mean, he was, those, those games were great, though. I mean, the, I, I guess we'll, what we'll really see with Lonzo, and this is going to be the most important stretch of his career, duh, but, like, Zion's coming back. Exactly. Which in, lead, like, a week yeah, or two. Which and... leads us into our next topic. Mm-hmm. Zion is coming back. Yes. And, first of all... Fuck, fuck coming back. Just coming. Zion yeah, is here. Just... Just the, first He's of all, existing in the I'm NBA. so happy for the Pelicans, and I have to say, the Pelicans were questionable um, in how they started the year. We even went as far as saying, "Here, the guys are available. This is what like maybe they should start exploring trade opportunities." Then for some reason, Derek Favors came back, and everything changed. <laughs> and now suddenly, you look at their roster, and they're like, "They're only three games out of the eighth seed." Lonzo's coming back. They've been on a tear recently since Derek Favors got back. I mean, they're seven and three over their last ten. Mm. Suddenly, it's like, let's not blow it up. Let's keep it together. This is the team that that David Griffin built, mm-hmm. and Derek Favors has been fantastic for them this year. 
and I like Derek Favors a lot. I didn't think he was going to be this good. The, the, the difference he has made on defense is incredible, and I'm not, I'm not selling them yet. But like you said, this is the most important stretch of Lonzo Ball's career because if he doesn't fit with Zion, oh, he's fucked. Then he's done. Yep, he's done. It, done in New Orleans, I should say. I'm, I'm yeah. sure some desperate team oh. will. Oh, will, will, will trade for that, that, that's unfair to Lonzo. That's unfair to Lonzo. You know, we might. We'll, we'll be getting into the Cleveland Cavaliers later. Ha, but, would, uh, <laughs> would I give up Tremont Waters for Lonzo Ball? Oh wow, wow. Here's my reasoning why <laughs> I wouldn't. Oh, Tremont boy. Waters at least is not earning $9 million this year. Yeah, I mean, what's, what's he making, like 250000 Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Lonzo Ball this year, $9 million. And you got to pay him probably this summer. I will say, one thing that I'm a little bit worried about with the Cavs, with the, the Pelicans, and yeah. here's the thing. We're not even halfway through the year yet, but... Actually, we're right at the halfway mark. I and... believe today's actually the halfway mark. Oh, really? Yeah, I believe today's game 41 for a lot of teams. Seriously? Shit. How many is that? Uh, that's that, Oh, Pelicans have played exactly 41 games. Holy fuck. This really is the halfway mark. Yeah. So this is what I was about to say. So let's correct you on that real quick. <laughs> uh, man, I feel like with, with the Pelicans, with a certain player, I'm, gonna, I'm about to say this, I feel like I made a Tinder account. I swiped right. I saw a beautiful model. I was like, oh, shit, she's bad. I got to meet up with her. Mm-hmm. And then I meet her in person and... It's 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 a man. It's it's not a good man. And this and you, what I'm getting to is Nikhil Alexander Walker. Oh God, I knew you were gonna and say that. Thing, I was man. just looking at his stats, bro. Bro, I hate to have done that I analogy, pay. but it's the only thing I can, bro. It's the only thing that I can use to illustrate how let down I was by this kid. He was and incredible in summer league. Fucking crazy and, in, in a preseason. League. In a preseason, he was great. I mean, he was chucking up shots, but like, I, I mean, uh, he was making. No, I agree. I thought he was gonna be the steal of the draft after I saw that. I was like, Me whoa, too. who who is this guy? And obviously, bro, Nikhil, I'm on your side. I'm on I'm on Nikhil's side. I think that he's uh, he can obviously turn around. We're, we're oh, I'm not halfway I'm, through his. I'm, I'm not I'm not out yet. Oh, I'm of just course. saying exactly. It's I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm just I'm just breaking it down for our listeners. So yeah. they don't think that I'm just I'm just jumping the bandwagon already. But like fuck. I, I really hope when Zion comes back, like he can turn around his season. Cause I was really excited for him. It's been interesting also to see uh Jackson Hayes get a lot more playing time nowadays. I mean, he's someone who the the, the kid is skinny. Like, he's the kid is skinny, but now <laughs> he he's he's a really he's a he's a fun young guy to watch. Even though he's you know he's just nineteen, like he's yeah. still really learning the game as a whole. Yeah, he's he's way too skinny right now. Mm-hmm. And as as I've said on the podcast, I'm not exactly the president and CEO of the Ennis Cantor fan club. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's been changing my opinion of him recently. He's been pretty good. But when Ennis Cantor saw Jackson Hayes in the game. I have never in my entire life seen a person's eyes light up like this. His eyes lit up like it was Steph Curry being guarded by uh no sorry not, like, like, like prime Derrick Rose being guarded by Greg Oystertag from the Utah Jazz back in the 80s. Man, his, his eyes lit up like Chris Christie when he sees a Wendy's. That's that's probably a better one. <laughs> or uh or Shaq being guarded by Muggsy Bogues. Oof. I just Cantor Cantor's eyes were like feast. I like how Chris and then Christie, he like, dunked him into a new generation. Oof. 
I like how Chris Christie's like the one like obese guy, obese fat guy that like it's nobody has a problem with making fat jokes about Chris Christie. Everybody's it's all expected. in. Everybody's all in. People. <laughs> it's expected. It, it it comes with the package. Yeah. Yeah. But Zion's back. That should obviously help the Pelicans. Now, if I'm the Pelicans, Zion comes back. Awesome. First like five games of the season, twenty minute limit. Mm-hmm. Do not rush him back. It is going to be hard not to play him. He's a very enticing guy. Do not play him. Slow and value, steady wins the race. Value long term over right now. In fact, this entire season for the re- remainder of the forty-one games, do not play him in back-to-backs. Do never play him over thirty-two minutes in a game, even in like game eighty. Mm-hmm. Never over thirty-two minutes in a game. Just, just get him into next year. Let him work on his conditioning with a professional NBA staff, and go from there. And it's not like they're they're that desperate to play him in general. I mean, obviously, you said you've got favors. Hayes, even Jaleel Okafor has been pretty decent this year from from a, in a backup capacity. I mean, they're not desperate to play Zion, and they, I, and you know, I, I completely agree that they need to keep that in mind first and yeah. foremost. See, what I wor- what I worry about is when he comes back, he'll play like twenty two minutes in his first game. 20 minutes in the second game, 25 minutes in the third, and all of a sudden he's going to be like 32 minutes a game. It's and, and, and he's going to do very well. I don't, because I, I, I am very high on Zion. I think he's going to be incredible once he starts playing. I think there's going to be a little bit of rust in the first few games, just in terms of his shot, but not his not his athleticism, not his not his defense. I think all that will be fine. But I think that I think that if they rush him back, it might not be good. Hmm. Another guy that we should talk about in terms of coming back, Victor Oladipo. Ooh, he's coming back. Uh, I believe on the twentieth or the twenty-second, one of those two. But next week. Now I'm gonna call it as it is. I'm a little worried about what this means for the Pacers because they've been they've been pretty good this season. They're twenty-five and fifteen. They've kind of reestablished themselves as this. Sabonis-led team. They play at a different tempo. They play with a different style than Victor Oladipo. And I'm worried that Victor Oladipo coming might actually hurt them just because he's not going to be the same player he was. I think Victor Oladipo might get there, but his injury to me screams Gordon Hayward. It's a two-year injury. Exactly. So he's not going to be himself this year, but he's going to want to be himself. And he's going to command the touches, and he's going to want to start, and he's going to want to do all these things that might not put his team in the best position to succeed. What do you think about that? I I mean, it it makes a whole lot of sense. I think, though, if you're the Pacers, this is your franchise player, is it not? Yes. So... Even if your record takes a blow in the meantime, the Pacers are still going to make the playoffs. Yeah, barring a season-ending injury to one of their to to, to Sabonis or Brogdon or so forth, the Pacers are going to make the playoffs in the East. Yes. That being said, I think that it definitely it, it, it is in their best interest to let Oladipo play out his growing pains. This is not not growing pains, but just you know, obviously the, the the trials and tribulations that are going to come with him back in a two year injury. Like yes. it's, there's there's going to be problems, like you alluded to. I think more 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 likely than not, and I obviously hope there aren't. But I I think that 
the common interest of everybody in the situation, the, the best thing for everybody's interest is for Oladipo, even if it's not his, to get his same star minutes, but to get something vividly reminiscent of that. So that everybody can get back oh, on the same page. Let me let me let me correct what I said before because I think that's that's important. I don't. I'm not saying that they shouldn't give Oladipo all this mm-hmm. because I think that that's their best chance to be successful is if Oladipo is their best player again. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that this season it might hurt them. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that they shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I should correct that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to be misconstrued here. Mm-hmm. Last topic that we want to get to. The Cleveland Thugs, excuse me, Cleveland Slugs, <laughs> the Cleveland Cavaliers, led by Coach John Beeline, Executive Kobe Altman, two guys that I like, one guy that I still like. I'm out on John Beeline. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which you know for me is hard to say because I liked the hiring. I feel, I, I feel vindicated. I feel vindicated right now. And if not for this, I'd still like him in that situation. But he called the team thugs. Yeah, and I, and you know he he's, he can do his little little crying speech about it being an accident and whatnot. But like, it's it's I, I I do not believe it. I just don't believe it. Maybe I'm just like I'm biased against, and I I expect the worst from uh from like out of touch white guys who are like yeah. in like about seventy years old, but. And I, and I probably should, for that matter. Yeah. But I, I, I don't believe it. And I think that that's something that a lot of people, you know, including myself, were talking about going into the season as far as when you've got a fucking old-ass coach who hasn't coached NBA basketball before, despite I agree with you, the fact that I like a lot of his schemes. And, you know, the Cavs did do a lot of – have done good things this year as a team. They, they, they have definitely shown flashes about good things. But, like – same time like this I, I from beeline and then looking at the pressure that's upon kobe altman because kevin love wants to get traded and is and, and acted like a complete ass yep. in game with his teammates showing up his teammates man this is just all indicative and honestly just a display of the the organizational incompetence that comes down when you get fucking rich guy like Dan Gilbert at the head of an organization who doesn't know what the hell he's doing and hasn't known what the hell he's doing for a really long time. Just Here, completely incompetent. One of the worst owners in professional sports. Here's, That's what the fuck happens. This is what the this is what happens. Here's the problem. The Cavs are still are currently paying the following coaches. Mike Brown, <laughs> David Blatt, maybe. Tyrone Liu. Ooh. And now, obviously, um, John Beeline. Oof. So they're paying four coaches, and their coach is currently the worst out of those four. Mike Brown. <laughs> Mike, Mike, I love Mike Brown. Now, <laughs> just just shout out Mike Brown. Now, so first of all, I'm going to title this podcast, Someone Save Kobe Altman. Yep. And do you want to start the GoFundMe, or should I? Oh, I've already put my entire life savings in. <laughs> So here's the thing with Kobe Altman. Put your apartment up for mortgage. Here's the thing with Kobe Altman. Uh, he, now, now he has he been fantastic? No. No. I just, I look at the roster, I'm like, what can he do? 
and and here's the thing. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that because like this is his job. Like this as as no a no I get shit, it I get it. This is his job. I get it. And I would but, and I would kill for his job. But here's the but, thing. I I would say I I agree with you. I would just personally I I would rephrase it in because of Le GM was before him. And yes. I'm not and I'm not shitting on LeBron here. Like no, I'll he shit got on saddled his, with the I'll shit on his GM skills. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I mean he did what he felt like he had to do to win a, to put himself in a position to win a title, but Altman got screwed with the J.R. Smith contract, the Tristan Thompson contract, Larry Nance and Jordan Clarkson, who's now been a complete revelation on the Jazz all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah, the Jazz have 10-0 like, since they traded for him. And by the way, I liked that trade for the Cavs. Yeah, me too. I mean, yeah. You can get multiple second-round picks for a guy that you have no intention of wanting. And Dante Exum's been pretty and, good. And Dante Exum is still, what, 18 years old? <laughs> <laughs> This is there's a chance. I mean, uh, let, let's see. Dante, I'm not sure if Dante Exum can drink in the United Dante States. Dante Exum is 24 years old. Oh wow, he's still young. Yeah, like I, I don't I don't know how good he'll be, but he's still young. I think you told me you're out on Kevin Porter already. You saw like you saw like three minutes of a Kevin Porter game and you were I, done. Now I I had never even seen Kevin Porter play a minute in the in college in the NBA, and I saw somewhere that like he's like he kind of reminds me of Malik Monk, and I was like, nope. <laughs> Oh wow! And then the first time I saw him play, it was uh, it was obviously against the Celtics. And as we're talking here, I'm gonna try to find the stat sheet for that game, uh, <laughs> just so I can express my displeasure. Oof. Uh, okay, he was inactive the first time they played. The second time they played, he was a minus nine, and in 23 minutes. Uh, he shot four of eight, nine points. Why didn't I like? That's right. I remember why I didn't like that game because it was garbage time baskets, and to me, he screamed king of garbage time. Oh, wow, wow. It was even in the second quarter when he when he was playing. I was like, these are garbage time baskets. He has sixteen points in the next time he played you guys. Yeah, we still cool. minus ten, but like that's yeah. great. Sixteen points. He check. Yeah. I, but going back to like, but but going back to just to Altman. I mean, it's he he was screwed over so much by the position he got put in. I think that he's still trying to get to get out of that. And I will de- always, even though I think it was more of a Dan Gilbert contract than anything, I will always shit on him for the Kevin Love thing. I think that Kevin Love contract was stupid. I'm sorry, I. I I, okay, I, understand, wait, wait, wait. I understand Hold your on. reasoning. I understand your reasoning. Do you I really think this was him that the him that offered stupid. this? I don't know. It is there it? is zero part of me that believes that this was Kobe Altman's idea to do this. I don't contract. think it was. I don't. I don't think it was. But your job, he, your job as a GM is number one appease the owner, number two win. That's a good point. You know, Dan Gilbert definitely had Kevin Love in his office as Kevin. We're gonna. We're gonna. Kevin, you are our future in Cleveland. You are how many? Future. How many times do you think Dan Gilbert has said the phrase "I'm in love with Kevin Love"? <laughs> Shit. I don't know, but the point is, John Beeline. They can't fire him this year. Yeah, they're making a beeline for the exit. That's what they're doing. In the off season, <laughs> in the off season, if this team does not dramatically improve, I would, I would probably fire him. I just, it's really tough to get over the whole slugs thing. It's, it's kind of and. And I just look at their roster, and Darius Garland has been whatever. He's again now. Remember what? He's remember, only twenty. I mean, he's now, so young. Before the draft, now I'll give I'll give him this. Colin Sexton has been great this year. He's been better, yeah. 
when Darius Garland before the draft before the draft I said I really like Darius Garland I'm all in on him the second the Cavs drafted him I was like and I'm out mm-hmm. yep this is what I was afraid of it's a terrible fit this is what I was afraid of now remember they were they're trying to build their own CJ and Dame mm-hmm. the team that the team that's currently let's see 17 and 24 in the West <laughs> uh, and had to go sign Carmelo Anthony but I don't. I don't love this team. I don't love. Actually, is too strong. I don't like this team. Yeah, there's nothing <laughs> love. Like whoa. <laughs> um, I feel bad for Kevin Love. I get it. He took the bag. I applaud him on that. Mm-hmm. But I can still feel bad for him. Yeah. Because if I was him, I would have done the same thing. I would have taken every last dollar, and that doesn't mean that you have to be happy necessarily. Mm. Overall. Cavs team, whatever. I'd fire Beeline at the end of the year if there's no improvement. I'm All sure right. Bradley Beal is doing his own soul searching right now in Washington for the for the for the rest of the year. I can tell you that. Well, if he's he's doing it on a forty million dollar yoga mat, fact, he's doing it in Versace shirts. And yeah, he's, he's he's living the high life, going to Chick Fil A with John Wall. <laughs> All right, we're gonna wrap it up there. Next pod, um, this is just totally off the. Uh, off the cuff here, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to make us do this right now. Next pod, we should make a list of the top five guys in the league that we feel bad for, just in terms of situation. The pity meter. Yes. The, pi- the now, pity meter. Is, I like it. This, I like it. This, this incorporates all of players, coaches, and execs. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So we're not going to do that this pod. I need to put a lot of thinking. Or not, not a thing. I need to do a lot of thinking into it. But I'm telling you right now that uh, Dwayne Casey's on that list. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. Oh, my God. And Wendell Carter. Wendell Carter's on that Wendell list. Wendell Carter's the MVP of this team. All right, we're going to wrap it up there. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Scorer's Table. If you enjoyed, leave us a five-star rating. Uh, leave us a review. We appreciate it. And we'll see you guys next week. I'm, I'm officially back in New York for next little mm-hmm. bit. Julian's now in New York. Yep. So we're going to... We're going to have some live pods. We're going to have some pods over Skype like we normally do. It's going to be a mix and match, but you'll you'll be getting you'll be getting the pods for the rest of the season. You already know. Yeah, thank you guys for for listening, liking all that stuff. Make sure to shout out to our long-time listenership, our first-time listenership. We appreciate you all. May you have a great day.